This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And I, how you doing? Right, yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You enjoying your two, two days exercise? Or, or not two days, it's like your, your t- allowance of two exercises per day now. My, uh, my unlimited exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I had a nice walk this morning, did 11,000 steps. <laughs> uh, yesterday playing golf to be fair I was absolutely shattered I couldn't believe it it's embarrassing yeah I, f- I think it was quite nice that um, slowly but surely some little things like that are coming back like golf and well, I don't play tennis but like little things are coming I don't play golf either for that matter but <laughs> I think, no it's, it's nice that if, if even if I, did, if I wanted to like I can now go and do that just to get out of the hours for something different but yeah. Um, yeah sadly the one we all want I think the footy is still a long way off for supporters that is I, I think televised football will come back probably within a month maybe yeah. at the top at the top level that is don't know what's going to happen at, at our level but um, yeah it's still it's just taking each day it comes in it you are at least the weather's nice yeah exactly if it was if it was pouring with rain every day I think we'd all be in a great depression by now yeah, yeah definitely definitely well we just had um so Adam Barrett on the line. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited about this one because I'm. This is only like the fourth ex player we've had on, and we're going to have to go with something to top this already, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, he's, <coughs> he's just a top bloke, really. Yeah, just an absolute right. hero. Three promotions. He's over something. Yeah, I mean, you just you hear talk. You know, he just talks so honestly and about everything, really. And then I guess when you you. You, you can kind of hear and even see his passion for South End when he talks about it. He kind of gets excited talking about it. And, yeah. You know, he, um, obviously, he talks about it in the thing, so I won't go into too much detail, but I, I can't not see him at South End in the future. I, I, I can't not see it. him on the touchline in a, in a suit or whatever on the, on the touchline. Be it'd be a tracksuit, surely. No, it'd be, it'd be a PT, shall I I'm telling you. Short, the, the training stuff. kit and a pair yeah. of either Puma yeah. Kings or Copper Mondials. Even, yeah. <laughs> even since we had that chat with Reese Evans, like my eyes have been massively opened to just yeah. little things that I, I'm so glad we had that chat because, yeah. like that, that was a, a real, real eye opener. And I hope anyone that has listened to it or 
or watched the YouTube video has really taken on board what he said because as as he put it you can't just go oh that's terrible like rest in peace when somebody dies especially through taking their own life you you've got you have got to like put those attributes almost into your life because that's the only way it gets better yeah. when behavior your behavior becomes better you can't just go around tweeting something and then go out and like lambast a footballer because yeah, he hasn't beaten the first man for a corner do you know what i mean like yeah. no definitely I, I think you know when he said it you know it, whilst i don't i, I I'm, I'm not one to sort of like personally abuse a player i've, I've never tweeted a player if you know what I mean I'm not, I'm not oh no I've, ne- I've never tweeted if, don't get me wrong I'll have to hold my hands at that. we've all had the red mist at a game yeah that's what I mean I've, I've definitely had that before and I think when he said about certain things you do think actually I probably should think before the same or, you know. I, I can always remember one with um, with Kevin Mayer and um, as I, I mentioned so in a, like, a couple of pods ago with um, with Chris and Nick that he used to get some pelters off of fans yeah and this was probably about 2002, three, something like that. And I don't know what was being said to him because it was a little bit away from me. Um, but I can only assume he was getting some stick. Um, but he got man of the match at the end of this game. And he's come over. He's had the picture taken up with a bottle of champagne, whatever. And he's, he hasn't gone towards the tunnel. He's walked to the right slightly of the tunnel. And he's walked over and gestured to this bloke that would appear to have been giving him some stick. He's gone to hand him the bottle of champagne. As if, well, I can't be that shit, can I? Because I've just got the man of the match champagne and then just walked off of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that's what I mean. Though. Some players probably doesn't really phase him and they think, well, I'll show you then. Yeah. But in any other way, it, you know, it can affect players the other way. But, you know, it's a shame that happens. But um, top bloke, Reese Evans, to be fair, for coming on and just being so honest about everything, you know I mean? Obviously, to talk, to talk about that subject, mm. I mean, that's hard, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, you, you, you mentioned it a couple of times after. thought that it, was, uh, it might have been getting a bit much for him a couple of times. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Fair play, he powered through. Oh. And he, I think yeah. he, he, he put a very, um, very powerful message across that we're very grateful to him for, for doing that. Because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to no. go as in-depth as he, as he did. But, oh, yeah, very, right. very grateful that he did. Yeah, so yeah, top top like that. But, um, but yeah, so I guess yeah, they're moving on with Adam Barrett on now. So yeah, wanted to. Um, we could have spoke for hours about the length of time he'd, he'd been at the club over two spells, but wanted to focus more on the second spell because um, I don't think many people sort of knew that tale. Lots of people have heard through various Q and As down the years of the stuff from the first spell, the back to back promotions, whatever. But yeah, we're looking back on the um, the 2015 playoff win because, well, it's the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it popped up on me. Um, so well, obviously the, first, the, the two Stevenage games popped up on uh, like, like social media and that, and it, it just it was just a great time. Then when you think about it, wasn't it? <laughs> like that, that it was of, that last two months of the season. That was a really good time. That that Morecambe game was absolutely gutting. One yeah. of the, the one of the most deflated and genuine, like, a gutting feeling that I've ever had as a Southend fan. That was, I was like, wow, this is what gutted feels like. And um, yeah, but 
as what's they say, it all works out in the end, didn't it? We've ended up being one of the best days of my footballing life. Yeah. Well, it is to to date. It's the best day of my footballing life. Yeah, it is. Um, just even just talking about it then, because you see, he sort of got a quite, he got sort of a bit chirpy about it, I guess, and then sort of like the way he was very, he was remembering it. It was, it was just a good, good to go over it again. So, yeah. he talks about his later, later career with us. You know how that ended. You know, which was in a shit way, but it no, ended I, very sour. Yeah. Why does now, Phil Brown do it, man? Because through through. Different things I mean, that we've what, listened I'm to. Not, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. I don't think I can. But I know why he does it. It's just. It's just. It's just a weirdo, isn't he? <laughs> it's just. It's just weird. No, it is. That's what's weird. You. You allude to it in in the chat with Adam. That's like. That must be quite weak. Deep down, he's quite weak. No, I think that's what it is. That's, to that's not to not address yeah. it like a like a like man to man. To not really address it. Just kind of. It's playground stuff. Yeah, you'll hear exactly what we're talking about when when we go into it. But it, I hope you know what I mean when I just say it's, it's playground stuff. It's childish. So yeah, without uh, without any further ado, Adam Barrett, here we go. Second spell at Southend. We kind of listen. I think we, we said before, like you joined, we could sit here for absolutely hours and talk to you about Southend. Yeah. But we wanted to talk to you specifically about the second spell. Yeah. Because um, we're approaching the anniversary of the uh, the 2015 playoff final. But um, so when you you came back to the club in the January of that yeah. of that season, but it took you a while to to get back in, didn't it? Did you kind um, of feel what was the point of you of you being back for a for a spell? Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird one because um, you know it was all song and dance and, and Phil Brown at the time. Um, you know, when you're back at the club, we're trying to get promotion, final push, and all that. So it was great, it was perfect for me. I'm dying to come back. I wanted to finish my career at a football club, so I was really excited and had the hunger. Um, and I come back, I got, I got a, a little calf injury, first training session, which put me out of the first weekend, which was disappointed. But um, I was I was back fit within 10 days to two weeks. And uh, yeah, we, I, I didn't see what he brought me back for, because to be honest, I was back fit and he never put me in, never, you know, Phil Brown, Mandra at the time, um, just sat me in the stands. I couldn't understand what was, you know, I was playing regular elsewhere and, and I was dying to come back to South End, but I wouldn't have come back if I was just going to be sitting there as a cheerleader. And that's what I thought mm. I was at the time. You know, and I, I was really, you know, frustrated at it. And I, I was a bit embarrassed as well because it was, you know, a big hoopla about me coming back and I was so hungry to come back in and do well. And and then he, he just sort of sat me in the stand. So I'm not 100% sure that he actually really wanted me back, to be honest. Um, so did did you feel that there was maybe because you hear rumours that like oh he wasn't signed by the manager and like that's not just to you you hear things all the time that oh, someone above the manager's gone and signed the player whatever 
Did you feel like that might have happened? And, and, and Phil Brown, to a degree, put a front on it when he was talking to you? Because he must have sort of put on this charade to try and sign you that he wanted you. And then when he's got you, didn't seem interested. Yeah, it was... Um, I mean, I don't know ins and outs, but at the time, he was very, very keen. We sat and we met and we chatted and, um, you know, it was full of my praises. I'd just played against Liverpool in the FA Cup from Wimbledon and done well. And he was, you know, singing me praises and what he felt I could do and bring to the team and and the supporters and everything, get a feel-good factor back. And then it just all sort of went very, very flat, very quickly. And... Uh, I did for many a time just think, what am I doing here? I, I, I couldn't understand it. I just couldn't get me around it. I didn't feel that he wanted me. Uh, I must admit, I didn't feel that he really wanted me at the club. Um, and we had many conversation. Um, he took me, I, you know, even we went to Wimbledon away and he just never spoke to us, just sat me in the stands. And I, I just thought, what am I doing? I'm 35, you know, I had all this clue. What are you doing to us? Um, I was travelling to uh, Portsmouth, a member away, Oxford away, just going along, and I was sitting in the stands, and I just thought this is not how I wanted my career to. So yeah, there might be questions. I'm never. I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've spoke to Phil many a time, um, but never got a real answer. But me personally, do I think he really wanted me at the club? No, I don't. Um, no, I don't think so he, he, he did. And it was funny. The only time I because I come back in uh, Mansfield at yeah. home and I only come back into the team um, and that was only because Luke Prosser got knocked out the week before. Yeah. And that's the only reason that I, I, I played on that Saturday. And for 10 weeks, I was 35, I was just sort of rotting away, training. Um, I I had no, it was like, there was no point in me even being at the football club. And it, it was really sad. It was difficult. It was a real tough, tough 10 weeks or whatever for us. I found it really, really mentally difficult to, to get me head round. Because uh, there was no way I would have come back south and I didn't think I could have made a, an impact as well. There was no way yeah, yeah. from my first spell, I would not have come back if I didn't think I could uh, have an impact in, 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 and to come back and just be like spare part. I was <laughs> like, well, you know, what is this all about? Um, yeah, so so odd. But he's he's done that so many times. He's done that with so many players at different clubs. He's he's he just does it. It's so yeah. odd. I mean, it's you know, I think it's well documented. You know, me and Phil at the end, and um, but I just have you I, spoke I, to him I, since you left. Have you, have you spoke to him since? No, no. I've only I've only seen him. I've only seen him twice. Um, but uh, no, I haven't spoke to him. Um, and he's, you know, I've, I've spoke to him many a time before I left. Uh, <laughs> had a few, few conversations, but um, I, I just felt that he didn't really want me at the football club. For whatever reason that was, he didn't want me there. Um, and then when he did, because i come in and done well for him, mm. um, I just felt he used me. I thought he used me for what he wanted. Um, and that's the honest truth. And, and then the way it ended, you know, after that, just, well, for me, it was just... You know, it was a disgrace, really. Um, but, you know. Uh, yeah, but no, it was a frustrating period and I, and I really didn't feel that I was I was wanted at the club um, by the manager. That, that's, the, that's the truth. It, it was obviously bad management in that sense, but do you think it was just maybe because you was a senior player, you didn't want to address it? Or 
you know, you, you know do, do you think if he was a youngster, he would have said, well, I don't really want you, and this is it. But because you was probably a senior player, well-liked, well-respected. He signed you. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I really can't answer that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, like I said, I sat with him and had many conversations. I remember just sitting here and going, what is the point of me being here? Like, what, what you... And he'd, he'd never give me an answer. Didn't really know. Um, we'd sit in there and he'd blame me. Oh, you picked up an injury. Injury was out for 10 days, like weeks and weeks ago. You know, come back here to play, come back here to be involved. And I didn't come back here to... I don't know. I really don't know what the reason for it. You're not even. You're not even on the bench. You're not even no. sub. You're just in no, the stands. No, I weren't involved, and like I said, the only reason I remember I was sat in the stands when Luke Prosser got knocked out, um, got hit in the face with a ball, and and you know, so so sorry for Luke. Great guy. Really liked the lad, and you know, it, it, I was disappointed for him because at the time I thought, well, I'm, you know, what am I doing here? Um, and it was only that week he had no choice but to play me. There was no one else. There was no one else. And, and, I, and I thought, um, I thought as well, he, he was sort of, he'd hung me out to dry really for 10 weeks. No game, nothing. And for a 35-year-old, that's not, that's not ideal. Mm. Um, so at the Mansfield game, I was determined to come in and prove me point. And I thought, well, okay, if you're going to go down that route, I'm going to play my game and I'm going to make it impossible for you to leave me out. And uh... yeah. Well, I think you, uh, you certainly proved the point because on that Mansfield game, aside from you started the game alongside Adam Thompson, but he went off injured after about 10 minutes. He dislocated his shoulder. Um, Kean Bolger comes in and we won seven games in a row from that point and we kept seven clean sheets in a row. I think yeah. that was point proven, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, that weren't, it, it just really ang- I, I was angry. I must admit, when I come back into the team, I was really angry. I was delighted to make me to come back and play again. But it was just the way it was done. A, I was disappointed for Luke because Pross, you know, he's, he's got injured and didn't like to see that. Um, so I got my opportunity and I'm not 21 anymore. I'm 35 and... And I just thought the way the manager went about it, it I, I went into the team really angry and it was almost a, a bit of, oh, right, OK, we're going to play this game. Well, I'm just going to go out and play my game. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved being back out there. Um, Bulge, I know, had had a tough time. Yeah, uh, he hadn't done too, too well. That's what I was going to say. How how much did you sort of enjoy that partnership? Because you, you both seemed to really thrive alongside each other. Because, you know, to say, Kian Bulger had... He'd struggled for any sort of form until that point. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's like anything. When you understand people and understand, you know, Bolger's a, a young lad at the time. He just needed a bit of help, needed a bit of guidance. He needed someone to believe in him. And he'd come in, I, I really rated him as a centre-half. He had all a lot of attributes, um, a nice lad, talked to him the right way. You know, I got on really well with him as, as the other lads. But uh, with Bolger, I just thought he just needed a little bit of help. And I thought we complimented each other. And all of a sudden, you give someone a little bit of confidence, a little bit of belief, um, and we had a good partnership. And I, like I said, the ending of the season, it, it went from absolute, I thought I was in the abyss, I was in Siberia, thinking, <laughs> where am I getting out of here? Um, so then all of a sudden, it was just a magical ending. And it was, but I was so, like I said, I was real determined. I think I, I was lucky and I picked up Player of the Month, the PFA Player of the Month. And that, for me, was a real, you know, a real... Feathering my cap, and maybe a little bit 
against Phil's if to say, you know, what what you've been doing with me for the last ten mm. weeks. Um, I knew I could come back and have an impact at the club. I was so hungry to do well. You know, it was my club. I, it was a big gamble from my point of view. You know, coming back at 35, a lot of question marks. People going, oh, he's too old. He's this. Everyone, you know, wanting to have a pop. Um, so it was a bit of pressure on my shoulders as well. But it was, I loved it. Coming back, it, it was fantastic. And like I said, we had a great relationship at the back. Um, and kept a lot of clean sheets and, and a terrific running um, to the end of the season. And Barrett with the header. And Barrett gets the third, and that is that. As fans, we just know we weren't going to concede. Yeah, because you know you see the two, you see the two centre arse, especially obviously Bentley behind as well. The solid back four, you just knew we weren't going to concede, and it just it bred confidence. I think for the team. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny that because you, you get that feeling yourself. I've been in spells in lots of teams, and you go through little spells like that, and it, it was exactly the same. Going into every game, I just thought, no, we ain't getting beat here. We're not getting beat, you know. No one's going to get past us. Um, the confidence was high. Like I said, there was that real determination there. We had a good group of lads, and um, you know, worked extremely hard off the, uh, on the training pitch. Uh, and I know from my point of view, there was definitely a little bit of a point to prove. And so I was going out there with, you know, um, a little bit of an angry head on and a determined, you know, focused. But it was, it was also. You know, I didn't want to come back and, and, and embarrass yourself. You actually announced your retirement in yeah. between coming back, obviously sat in the stands, not doing anything before you kind of, was it before you got back in in that Mansfield game as you announced it then? Yeah, it was. And, and the reason I'd, I'd done it, um, obviously I was at a stage of my career, you know, 35, whatever it was. And because I'd come back to South and I wouldn't finish my career at South End, um, it wasn't, going the way that I wanted it to um, and I've come out to make a statement because I thought at that, that precise moment in time I thought Phil Brown was retiring me mm. um, and in my head I was like there's no way I'm going to let someone else retire me because he, he was retiring me by sitting me in the stands every week yeah that's what he was doing um, so for me it was no I'm going to take control of my own it's my career work extremely hard over 20 years. I'm not letting someone else uh, play me and, and, you know, mess about with my career and end it. So I actually come out and made the decision because I thought, no, I need to take some sort of control back here of my my own future. Mm. Uh, I was like, right, okay, if you're going to do this to me, right, I'm coming out and I'll announce I'm going to retire. Because if I hadn't and Luke Prosser hadn't got injured, Phil Brown probably would have retired me that season, mm. which is really sad to say. Because I only had hunger and desire to come back and play for Southend at that precise moment in time. I had other interests, I had a few other clubs, but at that precise moment in my career and my life, I was only interested in coming back and playing for Southend. So the way he was treating me, it was like, well, I'm not letting him put me into, you know, hanging my boots up. Yeah. So that was the reason, that was the God's honest truth reason why I come out and said, right, I'm retiring. So at least it felt like I was making a decision. Deep down, I didn't want to because I knew I still wanted to play for the club. But the way it was going, I thought, well, I've got no no choice here because the way it was going, he was going to retire me. There was no way I was going to be there the next year. He didn't want me there anyway. Um, so that, that, that's why I come out. Um, 
And I remember the news broke and we had Wimbledon away, travelled up. Like I said, he never even spoke to us and, and just sat me in the stand. And that was, at that precise moment of time, I thought, well, I've done the right thing. Because at yeah. least I'm making the decision on what I'm no, doing. No, not even talking to you. It's, just, it's so childish. It's playground stuff. Everyone's got their ways of doing it, and um, you know, managers are all different. I've played with managers that talk to you, some that don't. I, I just, I was just very, very disappointed at that stage. Um, for everything I've done for the football club as well, and, and he brought me back, and I don't know, I just, I, I just thought I deserved a little bit more respect than that. Mm, no, definitely. So, um, we went on that incredible run, it ended up not being enough to get in the top. Top three in league surface, top three, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we lost to Morecambe on the final day. Was there a case of deja vu for yourself with the with the Grimsby game from about eleven years Hello. before? Yeah, don't it mention felt like that for me. Yeah, don't mention Grimsby. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, was, <laughs> um, yeah, there was a little bit. I mean, I spoke about this a few times. It was, it was such a fantastic end to the season, and and. And it was weird because Morecambe, I mean, we took, I can't remember how many took up, took up to Morecambe, but the away I think we had more than the home fans. I think oh, we had more than half the attendance. Even the warm-up. The warm-up gives me goosebumps even now. The, the supporters were amazing. And, and we went all that way and just couldn't quite, you know, it didn't go for us that day and we got beat. And walking off. But the thing is, uh, chaps, I was stood there. Part of me was actually, I was a little bit pleased on a selfish point because... At the stage I was at, I've come back to the club that I love. I've never played at Wembley. I've been to Cardiff a couple of times when Wembley was getting built. And I was so confident, drawing back from the Grimsby experience, but then we went through. And, and I just I, I thought, it's my only chance now I'm going to play at Wembley. This is my mm. only chance. So if you'd have given me, I know a lot of supporters wouldn't have took the chance, but if you'd have <laughs> given me, right, you're going to lose at Morecambe, but you're going to go and play at Wembley and win... I would have took that gamble at that stage of my career. And I was so determined to, to get there. I actually sat back a day later and got, no, I'm happy with this. I'm fully focused. I'm going to make sure now, we're going to make sure we're going to Wembley. Because that for me was just the icing and the cake of a career. And um, so that for me was, I weren't too disappointed. And because like you're, you're older now, you years of experience. I wasn't, I wasn't too down. The Grimsby one, going back, oh, I was devastated after. Absolutely mm. devastated. That was that was a tough journey home. Um, whereas the Morecambe one, I was a lot more upbeat and, and positive about it. Was that was that kind of a vibe that was within the whole camp then, or was was there a few that needed like a little bit of a lift? Because because we'd gone on an incredible run, then right at the last hurdle, we got that kick. Um, yeah, we, we. I mean, we had a real good group. The guys were brilliant. And I must admit, a, a big part of them kept me kept me going as well, really, because the enthusiasm they all had, they're younger lads, and I come in, I just loved it, and I just thought. Um, but no, they were down. Yeah, of course they were. Uh, we've been on a fantastic run, and all of a sudden you get beat. Um, and it, it's difficult to pick yourself up and go again. I remember, go back to the, the first one, we got beat at Grimsley. I think we was like 17 unbeaten, and we went into the LDV final and got beat. Mm. And that derailed us. We couldn't win a game after that. I think we had to win one in five and we didn't win a game. And so there's always that little bit of concern when you get beat, it's, it's how you bounce back. But um, from the stage I was at and mentally where I was at, I was, I was so confident. I thought, no, 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 we're, we're fine. We're going to go, we'll win this. 
Um, and we knew we had a tough t- test ahead, but we had, like I said, we had, a, we had a good group. The confidence was so high. Um, a few young lads needed picking up in training, but, you know, we were all still fully focused on, on getting out of the league. And what, what, what a carrot at the end to go to Wembley. It's, you know, that's what you want as a player. Yeah. So, um, we only uh, we only got ourselves ahead in the, the whole tie against Stevenage in extra time. So yeah. you sit, so so you've gone into those playoff semis like quite confident, like like you said, you've got this big this big carrot of getting to Wembley. But we've drawn the first leg, that we've come from behind again in the second leg. Is there any at any point you're thinking like the chance has actually gone, or even during the games were you were you still pretty confident we were going to do it? No, I, I was confident. I was quite relaxed, to be honest, in the games. Um, I think the big thing in playoff games is not the panic um, and, and drawing back on experience when we got beat at Doncaster in the semis um, mm. a few years ago. I think that game turned on its head very quickly. You know, James Walker could have scored down the end, should have scored. We go down, give away a penalty literally a minute after Peter Clark, unfortunately. We go 1 0 down. I think we went chasing. I think we panicked all of a sudden. Right, we've got to, go, got to get back into it now. And we've got, to, you know, we got went chasing and fair play to Doncaster that night. They was magnificent and yeah. fully deserved it. But so I think this one, you you know, in playoff games, it's it. You can't go chasing. You can't you can't panic. You can't. You got to stay calm. You have got to stick to your game plan. Um, I love playoff games. It's there. It's all or nothing. It's on the line. Uh, but no, I was, I was very, very confident. And I, I still thought we just had enough. I thought if we, we stayed in the game, stay solid, stay compact, uh, we, I just thought we had too much for Stevenage in the end. And it, and it proved to be. But um, no, I was, I was, like I said, that game, there was nothing in my mind, even though we fell behind, come back, went to extra time. I was like, no, this is, this is our night. We're, we're going to go and win this one. They never, you know, very rarely do you just run away with a playoff. Yeah. You know, they're always yeah, top. Sure tight affairs and it's always a little moment that can change the game and I know Barry Kaur's penalty and there was little things like that and people oh no but I still felt that we had enough there to, to go and win the game and, and, and enough quality in the team which, which we did do It's strange because even as a fan I remember feeling the same I, I was so nervous with the away leg <laughs> yeah. that when, when we come out of that and I was like we're level I was very very confident going into the home leg yeah, coming out of the the first leg unscathed, I was like, no, I'm I'm pretty confident we're at least going to get to Wembley. Yeah, I, th- I think if you if you can go away from home and you're coming back with, um, you know, Stephen at the time was a tough place to go as well. Uh, some good players there, and it was a difficult place. But when we go, I, I felt the same. I thought Roots Hall was really strong for us. Um, there's nothing better under the lights, packed house. It's brilliant, great atmosphere. It had the feeling of said many a time and that little running had the feeling of my first spell when we was back-to-back promotions and the cup games it just had that little buzz about it again it was yeah. great to turn up as a player and feel that energy and I, and I agree with you I was just uh, even when we you know they scored it was it was weren't panic it weren't panic it was like no we've got this we'll be fine just keep to keep to doing what we're doing so it was uh yeah just, just fantastic to experience Roots Hall like that again you know I'd missed it. I'd missed it for the years that I was away, and and to come back and and have a night when people were pouring on the pitch, and it was uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just quickly. So do, 
do you think psychologically we had a bit of a beating of them that night because of Michael Timlin playing? Or do you not really think that had anything to do with it? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, great bravery from Tim's and, you know, fantastic that he, he put his body on the line. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with the result. I, th- I just thought we had the beating of them because I felt we had more quality within the squad. Yeah. But within our team, we've got more players that can win us a game than what they did. Um, and I thought all round we were stronger. Um, did they expect Tim's to play? Probably not. They probably didn't expect him to play. Um and I don't think I don't think anyone expected him to play. No, I mean after the first one, I mean the the, the cut was horrendous. Um but fair play, you know, he was adamant he wanted to play and he, and he went through it and that's so four I, days later. He's played four days later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's horrendous, like I said, a, a terrible, terrible cut. Um but I think that just shows the, the type of squad that we were at the time that, and and fair play to him, he wanted he wanted to play. So I think they probably looked at the team sheet and went, "Oh my god, is this guy all right? Is there something wrong with him?" Uh, this lunatic. This better ain't all there in the end. But um, uh, but no, I, like I said, I don't know whether that had anything to do with it. I just thought we were we were a better team. I thought over two legs, we'll have too much for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I think they they always known to be a bit of a physical bully side as well, weren't they? And I think we actually had some quality, like you say, we had quality in the team. So. Yeah. When it comes to actual football, I think we was we was ten times better than them. Yeah, they've, they've, they've like I said, they're always a difficult team to play against. Stevenage, they were um, not so much at the moment, but um, big Neither physical we, side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what you you know you know what's coming. You know you expect it, um, so you have got to stand up to that. And I think if you can stand up to that and match them to that, but they had, they had some good players there at the time. They had some quality like Charlie Lee's and Chris Welkdale. You know, they've got some guys that. Um, Win a game, quality. Parrot, but Dean Parrot was even. Yeah, they got lots of. They had some. They had some technically good players. I just thought, you know, we had enough. We had enough to do, and, and thankfully we we did. Ball is going to go back in from Mayer, and it's gone in off the head of Adam Barrett, and Adam Barrett's goal-scoring season just gets better and better. So you've um, did you not not feeling smug, but. You've stood there after the end of the Morecambe game thinking, I want to play at Wembley. Now now you know like you're you're playing at Wembley. Are you are you like a kid in a sweet shop? <laughs> I wouldn't say smug, but I, I was very happy. <laughs> I was a, a bit of relief as well, don't get me wrong. There was a bit of relief there because it was um yeah, it's just for me, at, at that stage it's quite difficult to sort of put in it. it I found it all a little bit emotional in a, in a sense because of the stage of the, my career that I was at, when I come back to the club, the way I was sort of treated at the start to now get yourself back in the team and we had a fantastic run and sort of turn it into, it went from a disaster into, you know, this sort of fairy tale sort of ending for myself. And it was, um, oh, it was just, yeah, it was magical. Just to, I come back to, to help the club try and get promoted again. That's what I come back for. And I come back to see Roots all buzzing again and have the town enthusiastic and and for nights like the Stevenage game. And that that for me was, you know, it was it was a fantastic thing to be in, involved with. Um and for a for an aging footballer whose career's, you know, in the twilight years, it was it was a magical moment to 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 finally do it. So I think it was more relief than anything. 
I think I must have slept for two days after, just on the shore of pure exhaustion, mentally and, and physically. But it was, oh, it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. But in saying that, it was, you know, you finally get there. You go right. I'm going to play at Wembley, which I've never managed to do in, in your long career. But we still had a job to do. You know, it weren't over, and um, there was still that focus. No, Wembley's only enjoyable if you go out and win. Ain't yeah, no fun yeah. to lose. It was like so because I. I can't really remember anything of that game. It was just, like, so nerve-wracking. Like even from the first whistle, you're almost watching it through your fingers. Like you're scared to look. So yeah. it's only through watching it back, like several times I've watched it back since. It it was quite a good game. It was it was a pretty end-to-end game. It was it was as you said, like with the Stevenage game. You know, these are two teams that have been at the top of the league for a reason. Like they're good, solid teams. So it was a good game, but yeah, I just don't remember any of it because I was just like so nervous that anything was going to go wrong. And then the you little things that start drunk, going against you. Sorry? You weren't, you weren't drunk, were you? Do you know what? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I could. I think, I think you just drink and it, you, nothing was happening. Because you were so nervous, you're almost like sweating it out. <laughs> it was nerve wracking. And then all the, all the little things that go against you, like Barry Corr gets a goal rolled out for a push. Yeah, we have a certain penalty waved away. They score a very fortunate like it bounces off Dan's head, doesn't it? And it and it goes in. There's all those little things go against you, and you just think we've got it's happening again. Like I was at the two the two games in Cardiff that we lost, and you just I'm getting sick of like being <laughs> in these big stadiums and hosting someone else's party. Yeah. But um, yeah, what did as a, as a player, what what did it feel like when um when Joe Piggott scored? Oh, I, I I mean talk about that now. It gives me goosebumps um, when Pig scored. It was because uh, I think we all felt it at the time. It was time was running out, obviously, and it, um, it was hard to see where we were going to get a goal from. Um, it was difficult, but I mean I was up that end. Of, I think I either made a late foray forward or I was too tired to get back. Can't remember. <laughs> what it was, but um, I was in the box and, and when it come in and um, obviously Wesley put the cross across. And, but just to, to, even now, when, when the ball hit the net, I've never, like the end just erupted. It mm. felt like the place was shaking. It was just ridiculous. Um, you know, grown people crying and, and we hadn't even won. You know, we hadn't even won. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, my wife, she's took, uh, she was filming bits on, on her iPad and that, and I've got, like, my sister-in-law, she's they're not even that into football. She's in the aisle with a scarf and everyone <laughs> kissing each other and hugging each other and people you don't even know. And it was just, a, like I said, it's, it's one of the goosebump moments where the, that half of Wembley just went off and it was mental. Um, so it was, it, was, it was an amazing feeling, but then in the back of it, we was there and it was like, all right, we ain't won nothing. <laughs> you know, all we've done is is take it to penalties. But it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a real roller coaster of emotions. But it was, you know, it's one of them moments that will live live with us all. You know, forever. it just happened in slow motion, didn't it? Uh-huh. I, I I can still picture it exactly because I I was pretty much um, right behind the goal, and I can still picture it exactly as I saw it at the time. And it just happened in slow motion because it went through about three players' legs. Yeah, like, but, perfect through the eye of a needle. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't like a real powerful shot. I mean, he he done really well to to control it, to keep the ball. It was a great technique, and like you said, it, it was like slow motion. 
Um, and even I can picture watching it now as it went past. I followed the ball as it went past, and it it was just such a relief to see it go in the net. And it was, you know, the drama of it. it it's great, isn't it? You know, for I always have a little little split second look for for the linesman's flag to make sure I can start <laughs> celebrating. I didn't even see it. I was just off. I was off. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I was gone. So it was, uh, yeah, great. You know, one of them great football moments. As um as as oh I know I did and I think Scott's the same as fans when we equalised we actually turned to each other and said we're going to win this yeah. was was that the same for players was you like we're we're not losing this now yeah I, I, I did I, I think you do get that sense you know when you have something so late like supporters and you get that feeling it and think of Wickham like the Wickham players they're literally twenty seconds away whatever it is they're up that's it it's done they think they've won the game. And all of a sudden, it's just like a hammer blow, you know, whack off. So we actually go into the penalties on a bit of a high and a bit of comp there. They're going probably a little bit deflated. Uh, believe it or not, it's it's hard then, you know, have we thrown this away? You know, have we thrown this? So, um, yeah, I think there's, there was definitely a belief there. But with penalties, as you, you know, it's, it's so difficult. It's, you know, you can't call it. Um, but I still... I was actually really enjoying it. I thought, I love the drama. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> At my age, it was fantastic. I was like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was confident. I was confident. But you still, you know, it's it, lap of the gods then, isn't it? Lap yeah. of the, I'm just pleased that the majority of the fans stayed and yeah. not... 15,000 had walked out and if you're under it. It's weird. I don't, I don't actually know of anyone personally that did leave. You see the bits of footage that people had left. But yeah, I'd, I hope they were just like a few of the day trippers, so to speak. I hope they weren't any of like the, the loyal fan base because that would have been unforgivable. <laughs> if we were getting hammered, I might have understood. But at 1-0, you never leave at 1-0. If we were getting hammered, I might have been one of the ones walking out. <laughs> I'd have been done. But... Um... No, so it's, yeah, and then you then you go to the the nerve wracking drama of the shootout. Yeah. So how yeah. how does that work? Because you you take one in um in sudden death. I think you were the first of sudden death. Yeah. How does that work with sudden death takers? Do they get decided sort of at the same time as the initial five, or is it a bit like when the time comes, who who fancies one? Um, I think the later when it goes later on, it's almost um. Who fancies one? I think. First of all, you know, the manager just says, "Who, who wants to take one?" So we had quite a lot of people want to take one. I, you know, volunteered. I take one, but you probably go for the centre forwards and the, the more technical ones. Um, first up, so anyway, pick the first five, and I went, "Yeah, I'll take them." You know, I take the sudden death one, not a problem. I can't really remember how it how it worked from that. I think from that moment, you're just thinking about your you know, your penalty, your situation, you know, getting your, getting your mind right on when it comes to it. Um, you've got to make sure you're focused and right. So, but the first five, definitely. And I know that I knew that I was the first one of sudden death. I said, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the next one. Um, That's a pressure penalty. First one of sudden death. as well. <laughs> that is yeah, a big pressure penalty. I was a little bit disappointed I weren't in the five, to be honest. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I just thought, no, we'd been practising in the week and I was, I was confident. I thought, no, I'm not. You know, people talk about you want to lead, you lead from the front. So I was like, yeah, no, 
give me a penalty, not a problem. Um, but yeah, the first ones, when it comes to it, you think, oh, is it really going to get to the sudden death? Might not make it. <laughs> At the start, you're a little bit relaxed. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll take the sudden death one. <laughs> oh, I'm all right. Nice and relaxed. Um, and then when it ticks closer to your, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually have to take it. <laughs> no, who, who put my hand up for this? It weren't me. Um, so, yeah, but I knew I was, I knew I was the first one. How did that feel? That 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 moment you've got the you're, you're walking up, you got. How does that feel? Because I, I can't imagine that. It's really weird. So like the two penalties before you, you I know it's horrible, but you're praying one of the like the Wickham player misses. You go, oh miss, please, because yeah, yeah. I don't wanna, I don't have to take the miss. And he scores. So the the one before me, Marcus Bean, he stepped up, and I've known Beanie a long while. I was like, oh, can't Beanie, you'll miss this. And then I ain't, <laughs> I ain't gotta go through the pain. And then when he scored, your first initial is like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, it's me. Um, I was more worried about, I knew my dad and me, me, uh, my mum weren't well at the time. My dad followed my career, you know, home and away for 20 years, my brother. And they're the most nervous people ever when it comes to me playing. So I was more worried about how my dad, I think, oh, dad, don't have a heart attack. Right before I even take the penalty, you know, it's just on fire. <laughs> uh, I'm more worried about me. me, me uh, I knew my brother and my dad would be panicking. Um, but it's weird. As soon as then I stepped up to walk to go and get the ball, I was, it, I was really calm, really calm, really focused. I thought, well, I blank everything out. I didn't look at uh, the Wickham punters behind the goal. Didn't look at the goalkeeper. I knew exactly what I was going to do. So I was, I was really quite relaxed. I was quite relaxed uh, when I walked up. Because in my head before, I thought, oh, don't let this be your legacy, how you leave the club, mm. you know. Everyone's just going to go, you miss the penalty, because they would do naturally, and I thought, I can't have that. <laughs> um, so it was it was just, right, putting the ball down, and I mean, it as hard as I can. If, it, <laughs> if the keeper's in the way, he's going in with it. That, that, <laughs> that was it. I'm not going to lie, though, it was a big one, because the problem is, when you go for power, the ball obviously rises. That's, it goes that's, up. <laughs> so... My one worry was, I've been practicing all week and it's been fine. I hadn't actually hit it as high as that in practice. And I'm thinking, just, you know, don't don't sky it. So when it hit the back of the net, I, there was a massive, yeah, massive relief, as you can all see in your celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's honestly, I think it's the, the hardest I've ever seen anyone hit a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I just... It was, yeah, it, it was, you know, you get them little moments. It was, it was my moment at the end of my career. This is the cherry on the cake um, at Wembley. There's no way this isn't going in. And I knew, you know, because of your links with the club and where you was at, I knew there was a lot of people that, as soon as I stepped up, I, my wife, she, she's got it when she's filming around the family, and they're going, oh, Adam, I oh, don't fit here, take one, don't fit here, take one. And so, oh, Adam's up. And so, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of people that they wouldn't have wanted me to miss, you know. So I, I I'll have to put myself in that category as well. And I remember, I, I mean this as a compliment. No, 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 but, no. But your, yours was the penalty that I found the hardest to watch because of your connections to the club. I was like, he, this, this bloke, just he's a fan, just like the rest of us. I was like, if he, if he misses, I think my heart's going to break into a thousand pieces and never get put back together again. <laughs> Scott, I had that in my head, and I knew. You know, because I know so many, you know, supporters, friends, all that, all at the club. And I knew that none of them wanted you to miss. 
and if, if I'd have missed, it would have been, oh, it would have been horrendous. It would have been absolutely horrendous. Because uh, like I said, that sticks for you then. Mm -hmm. No matter what you've done in your career, it, it would have been, oh, you missed the penalty and put us out. It would, be, it would have been all that. So it was a bit of pressure. Um, but uh, no, it's just sure, you know, what a moment. But in all your career, there's certain moments that really stick out. And that, you know, that 10 seconds of, you know, the, the walk and the, the roller coaster of emotions just to, and then the, to, to see it hit the back of the net was, you know, a big, big relief. And yeah, you know, a great moment for myself. And I know it sounds silly, but that moment when you scored as well, it's almost like, oh, I've done me bit. I can relax. It is a relief. And it's even though you haven't won, like from a pure, a, a pure personal thing and probably a selfish thing, I think everyone, if you ask them honestly, when they've taken their penalty and it's, if you scored, it's like a big relief to dummy bit. And it's almost like a bit of pressure off then. Um, and after I'd done that, I just thought, no, we're, we're, we're winning this. Yeah. He's going to save one. He's, you know, a good shot stopper, very, very good on penalties. And um, just, I just fancied us then, we're, we're going to go and win this. It's a matter of time. And when he did, I was, you know, great, great, yeah. great ending to a game. It's, and, uh, you know, people, I'm not sure on penalty shootouts. I've been on the receiving end. I've, I've lost them. I lost one at Palace when I was away at Portsmouth in the Cup, and it's and it's tough. But I still feel it's great drama. It's just yeah, be involved in it. It's it can be horrible, but it can be great. It's and for supporters, like I said, you're looking like this. And Honestly, uh, that's literally what I was like. I was watching it from my fingers. I was like, oh, this is horrible. I thought it was going to be hard. <laughs> We've all been there. I mean, you go back like England game, Euro 96, and obviously we lost against the Germans, but the drama of beating the Spanish, when, you know, I, I, I think it's great. It's great drama. Yeah. It's a nice one to sort of tick off the list as well, because when you look back, you think, I've seen a lot being, being a South Bend fan, like, and that was, I'd never seen us win a shootout before, and I'd never seen us get promoted via a shootout before. So that was, it was one to not, tick off the list, but it was a nerve-wracking one. It was. It was nice to go to a, I mean, I, I went to the, I was at Gillingham at the time and I went to the JTP final um, when you got beat. And it was nice to go to Wembley and actually win. You know, yeah. I went to Porter for South End when um, Phil Brown's first game in charge. I just got promoted with Gillingham the day before. So I, I was a little bit worse for where I'd had a few beers <laughs> come to the <laughs> South End game. Um, but so it was nice to go to, like you said, a big occasion. Uh, and to do it with with your hometown club, it was yeah, you know, it was one of them days where I think we were all remember, and it was yeah, just a great, great occasion. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a great photo of you, and uh, it's about ten seconds after the penalty's been saved, of you and Barry Core just with sheer emotion, just hugging each other. It's just a great photo. Just an embrace, yeah. <laughs> yeah see, I, I, I was used to fighting with Barry. When we, <laughs> I think that's the closest we got. <laughs> But yeah, it was yeah, it was like I said, a, a real good group of guys, and um, just, just to to come through it at the end the way we did. Um, like I said, it's special special moments, and and that will live with us all, um, you know, for the rest of our time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Barrett's come up again from the back. Unbelievable! Second of the afternoon, and the Adam Barrett bandwagon just goes rolling on and on. So that, like, prom- um, promotion gets confirmed, Bentley saves their final penalty, whatever. We've, we've lifted the trophy, it's kind of simmered down a little bit. You're kind of walking around the pitch, like getting scarves thrown at you, whatever, whatever. At this point, you've still announced your retirement. Yeah. Was, was there any part of you that was like, this is the perfect way to like ride off into the sunset? At that point, were you ever intending on, on going back no. on your decision? It, it was difficult. I, I didn't think it on the day. I didn't, it weren't, I can remember the day, like I said before, it was quite an emotional day for me because you, I even remember like when we first got to Wembley and I was, I was out on the pitch. So I think when you're younger, you don't really take it in. I went to Cardiff and you, it's just another game, right, bang, next one, you're getting on with your career, you're not. So I really did appreciate the whole the whole day, the whole event, what it meant. I, I remember stood out, the gaffer had to come and get me in for the team talk. So I just stood there and I was just taking it all in. Um, to have your family and everyone there to the National Anthem, I remember that, stood next to, I said to the Irish boys, I want to hear you sing. You know, <laughs> we're going to sing this and we're going to sing it like, you're playing for England, this is what it means, you know, it was, so it was a real, it was like a, it was just a, a very sort of surreal day and I, even when we picked the trophy up, I remember I stood on the end and the lads were all in the middle with a trophy and a pit and the first I just stood there and I just watched, I just stood on the steps at Wembley and I just looked round at the supporters and I just took it in and it was, it was brilliant. I wouldn't have done that, you know, at 25, 26, I'd have been there with a beer in my hand and you know, jumping up and down like a loony. So to really take the whole occasion in, um, you know, I've got more vivid memories of that than probably anything else because, like I said, I just soaked it up. So walking around the pitch at the end, it was... I said, I was just enjoying the moment. I weren't thinking about anything after. I wasn't thinking about my retirement. Um, I mean, the gaffer, we went back to the the exchange or whatever it is in Hamlet Court Road and the gaffer tried to talk to me. He pulled us in the corner, we'd had a few beers and he was like, oh, what are you doing next year? And started trying, and I was just like, now, oh, now he wants to talk to you. Yeah, yeah it was, well, I'd done well for him. So, <laughs> and, and I think obviously I'd strengthened my case. Um, I, like, I think a lot of question marks had been, that the supporters probably had of us, a lot of supporters where they had question marks about me coming back. I think I'd got rid of that because you'd come in and shown that you can still play and you've still got some in the tank. And I knew, I, like I said before, I announced my retirement for a reason. Deep down, did I really want to retire at that stage? Probably not, um, but I'd done it for a reason. So but on the actual day and the Wembley date, there was no, I was, I was just enjoying the moment, to be honest, Scott. And if it finished there, I was a happy man. Like if, yeah. if I've come back to me and says, we don't want you here next year, you're done, not a problem. 
I would have, I would have been happy to go, you know what, what a great way to go out. But I don't regret carrying on because I went and played the following season, um, you know, and had a good season as well. I had a strong season that year, had some really good moments. And then, you know, they give me the art, Phil give me the armband back, which at the time I didn't want because John was the captain at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I actually turned around and said to him, give it to a younger guy and I'll help the younger fellow. It's not for me now, you know, I'm at a stage because I don't need the armband. It's not about, but they was insistent on giving me on. So I don't, I don't regret, you know, carrying on. And, and you know, that, that we had talked a couple of weeks after um, and the club said, you know, we'd like you to continue. And I, I felt obviously on the high of that, I, I thought, no, I've got more in the, I've got more in the tank here. But I still felt I had a lot to offer the football club, even if it weren't playing week in, week out. And that's what really disappointed me when I left. I felt I had so much to offer moving forward and moving now into my next career. Um, I'm on the doorstep. It's a club I want to be at, hungry to do well, learning now. Obviously, you're coaching. and um, So I felt that I would be involved with a football club, um, you know, longer than, than what it was. But at that precise moment in time, it was just all about... Enjoy the day, you know, enjoy that. It doesn't happen, you know, I've had 20 years in my career and haven't had a day as good as that, you know. You've got to enjoy their moments. It's the same with supporters, you know. Yeah. Enjoy it because, like you said, a few years later, we're sat here all, all depressed and what's yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's like, yeah, we're like, as I said, we, we've actually had a, we've had a lot of good times, haven't we, down, oh, down the years? It's we've been, had quite a lot. I've had, the, I've had you know, the best moments of my career at the South End, but I've also had some really tough times as well. Um, like I said, I spoke earlier and, and the way it ended both times has been really, really tough for me to deal with. But um, that's football, isn't it? You know, that's why you've got, you've got to really enjoy the good moments. That's why you've got to just make the most of it. And, and we certainly did that. Yeah. Good, good night out as well after the playoffs, was it? Um, do you know what? It was a, everyone says that. I went and met, met the, the wife and kids up in the lounge and had a couple of drinks with them. Um, and then the lads were adamant to go out. So we went down in Hamlet Court Road to finish the exchange and had a few beers in there. And then we went into town. I think Mayhem was the, the club at the time. Last time I was, I was way past, I was 35, <laughs> But we went there, we was in our tracks, so they wouldn't let us in. It was all in our tracks, so the nightclub didn't let us in. So then we went in Dick Levine's next door. Um, but to be honest, I was knackered mentally, and I think a few of us. Everyone goes, "Oh, it was the night amazing?" But it's so draining, and you probably all find it yourself. You build yourself up mentally, physically, extra time, the, the emotions of it all. I was just drained, so I had a few beers, a few drinks with the lads, and I, I think I dropped the shoulder and, and was tucked up in bed quite early because it could it take off as well. The day getting back from London, you you know you. You mentally just, like I said, and it was an evening game as well. It wasn't like a, a three o'clock kickoff. It was a late kickoff. Yeah, because so I you, remember thinking that when we when we got back to Southend, it was about eleven o'clock. It's like yeah. you think, well, when we went to football, You're not and not it, thinking it was like a five thirty game that went all the way to extra time. Yeah, it was a it was a long slog. Even back in the town, it was it was quite quiet. It it wasn't like mobbed or. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was quite quite a reserved sort of uh, party. After it wasn't, we didn't have anything special, that's for sure. 
I want to say Dick Levine. <laughs> Dick Levine's in your club tracksuits, though. Yes, yeah, your club tracksuits. Yeah. <laughs> so glamorous. <laughs> They must have been laughing though, seeing like May and Tony away. I bet they were literally like rolling out a red carpet coming well, here. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it because we was all there, like the whole squad. Um, I mean, I was quite happy they turned us away, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. You just think, come on, enjoy. How often does this happen? Everyone's mm. on a crept away, there's supporters outside, come on, get in. Go and have a drink, mingle with people, and it was that no, they just weren't uh, we weren't in the correct attire. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like the tracksuit, obviously. So um, yeah, you know, it's what it is. It was yeah. So um, you said like you you do end up staying on for another year, and then another year after that. But this is where we sort of we come to the end, where we didn't have a good start to the season. No. I think we I think we were twenty seconds. So we, we're in the relegation zone. Yeah. Can't remember exactly where we were, but we've had a rough start. And was it Rochdale away? Yeah. I think it was after that, it was the, the press after that. You did the did the interview and you said we need to face up to a relegation battle. Like we're twenty second in the league after twelve games, something like that. And you didn't play a league game again after that, so was that was that comment not um, not very well received? Um, no, I don't. People talk about the comment, and I just I don't really. It was true. Like, I, I want to put it out there. I, I think you were right. I think you have to face up to these things early on, yeah, or I you get dragged into it. People talk about ten games. See where you are at ten games, and then you you sort of get an idea of where you're at. And don't forget, that's not the end of the season. It's ten games in, but. Um, yeah, I don't get it because what people, what supporters want to hear, what people pay their money and they want to hear the truth. And they hear so many cliches and so many, you know, waffle comments a lot of the time. And I come out at the time and I was being exact, I was in that dressing room. I was at that training ground every day. I knew exactly where we were at the time. There'd been a few choice words said in a few dressing rooms on match days previous to that. Um, there was things going on I weren't happy with. There was a lot going on behind the scenes, which was, I don't think, were good, weren't professional. The club standards were were dropping. So I come out and I was honest. And um, if people don't like it that you was honest, then so be it. Because I, I meant every word I said that day. Um, and it was a, it, and people need to be be realistic. You know, don't think you're better than what you are. Um, you know, and you, you've got to go back and you've got to work hard now. I don't think them comments were any reason why I didn't feature for the club again. I think there was there was other issues there. Um, like I said previously, I don't think Phil was ever that keen on me being at the football club, and I think he was just waiting for a moment to, you know, to get me out of the way. And but to do it the way it was done was, you know, I, I, I just I thought very very disrespectful and. Um, like I said, I don't think I deserve deserve to be put through. And, and it, that that spell from when the, after the Rochdale game to when I left was the toughest in all my twenty years that I've ever faced at any football club. Um, and to have it done by the club that means the most to me, I found that really difficult mentally to to get my head round. 
Um, mm. oh, that, was a, that was a tough spell for me, that. But I don't, the comments weren't anything to do with it. Um, at the time, that's where, that's where the club was and everyone was at Rochdale and a few of the games before would have seen that. Um, we was a bit all over the place um, and we needed to face up and, and like I said, be truthful where you are. You know, that's where we were in the league at the time. So just not yeah. try and hide the act and just think, oh, next week will be all right, next week will be all right. Um, so that, that's... that's what, but there did been a few issues before and, you know, that was going on and, and then all of a sudden this, you know, it just that just seemed to be the occasion. But, um, yeah, very, very, very disappointing after that. And it weren't about not playing, Scott. It, it weren't about that at the time because I was at a stage of my career, I chats when, like I said, when they give me the armband in the summer. I mean, now you can go from being given the armband, which I said, look, I don't want the armband. I really appreciate it. It's an honour, as it always is, but give it to one of the younger lads and I'll help them. Mm. That, I, I weren't in it. If I didn't play every week, it weren't an issue. If I didn't play, it weren't an issue. I was there at the club then and I said to them, I was there to help. I'm there now to help in any capacity that I can do. I've got a hell of a lot to offer. Um, but maybe that was a reason that I weren't wanted around. I don't know. Um, but it was, like I said, it weren't, it weren't comments. People talk about, uh, I just think that, what, what do people want, want me to do? If I come out and spun some yarn and some waffle, then they go, oh, it's same old cliches, I'm listening to this. So I've just come out and was truthful where we were at that precise moment in time. Do you reckon he, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but do you reckon he felt threatened, Phil Brownsall, if it makes sense, by your seniority and your, you know, and you, you, like I say, you're well liked probably within the squad and within the fan base, so... Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what Phil's thoughts were at the time and reason. I don't know because he didn't talk to us. I never got an answer. So, um, and when I tried to get an answer, I, 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 you got the, the classic Phil Brown spiel. I take it. No. I, I just didn't get an answer. So yeah. I still don't know to this day um, why what was done to me was done. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just a stranger. It's it's a very, I think, it, in my opinion, it shows a weak person to do that, really. You know, if he, if he didn't want you, but told you, you probably couldn't argue with it. You'd be like, fair enough, you told me, that's it, you know. I, I, I even offered to the, I'd say for day one, like I said, after the Wembley, or after, if you don't, if that's all I'm here for and that's done, you want me to go, I'll go. There was no issue. I'm not, I weren't, you know, I was quite relaxed with it. I was coming towards the end of my playing career. I was now concentrating on my next, um, stage of my career where I want to be a manager no secret mate no secret about that that's where I want to be um, but I weren't there to take anyone's job I weren't there you know I was there to work for Southend United and give them everything I've got in whatever capacity that was so whether it's playing behind the scenes whatever it was I was there to help um, and that, that's why just to be you know to be treated the way I was treated in them last few few months, it, you know, it was really hurtful. It really was. It was. It was like I said, to go from the best moments in your career to total. It was embarrassing as well. I was embarrassed because you know I live in the area. Every time you go, what's going on? The questions. Everyone's questioning what's going on. I can't. Go back. Every time you go shopping, it's everyone's asking you a question, and, and you're embarrassed because you're not involved as well. And you're like, well, I don't know. I can't. And I had no answers. And then I'd just get wound up. You know, I was getting angry with it all because all it was was frustrating. You know, and there was things going on behind the scenes which I just didn't agree with. You know, it wasn't professional. Standards were not great. And, and I know the club had a little bounce back 
that year and nearly got in the playoffs. And I and people think, but from the out, it was only ever going one way. That for me was a that was a lucky little because I knew where it was going, and eventually that's where it did. And it's where yeah. we are now. <laughs> no, but I could see it happening, Scott. And that, that that's the honest truth. And at the time, that's why I was battling so hard because there were so many things that I, I knew weren't right. And I know the club had a little bounce, like I said, and nearly got the playoffs. And, um, but it was only going one way. And it was a, it was just a matter of time before it all sort of imploded and, and, and went the way it was going. So, um, But like I said, it is what it is. That's football. You, you know, you get on with it. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing. Of course it was. Because at the time, even, even when I left, I still found it, you know, at the time, you, you know, Millwall showed the faith in me to... Go and be a first team coach, and and I'm just thinking I'm in the door at Southend. I've offered all my service. You know, I'm here, passionate about the football club. Know the club inside out. Know the leagues inside out. And you're just letting me go to a rival. Who um, at the time yeah. in the same division? In the same, same division. And then we picked you for the place and went yeah. up. So there was a, there was a little bit of you know a little bit of. Uh, it was it was sad, you know, because of nothing more than love to see South End, you know, go up. But when I left, and, we, and obviously I was at Millwall, we picked picture for the fit. That was a nice one for me with Phil, personally. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think anyone would would begrudge you that, to be honest, with from yeah. a personal standpoint, the way you were treated. Yeah, it weren't it weren't about it weren't about South End and Millwall in my eyes then. Mm. That's that's where it was. Um, so. Uh, yeah, that's football. These things happen, and I've got no problem. I just wish, I just wish from day one it would have just been done better. That's all. I just wish it would have been done more respectful. And I come out, and I even said, "You don't want me, not a problem. Just tell me, and I'll go. It's no issue. There's no, no, you know, it's no. That's football. You know, these things happen. But um, do you think it would have been helped if we'd have had a? I think I'm right in thinking that the start of that season didn't Steve Cavanaugh join Millwall. So obviously there was a wasn't there a gap in the CEO for us? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, I don't know if that would have made any difference to my situation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Uh, yeah. no, no, the, re- the reason I'm sort of saying it is because like I, I I personally felt that things were a lot better run at Southend with him there, and ever since he's left, it seems to be a bit of a car crash. And I'm almost wondering if almost like you're saying that like certain things were happening. Potentially, was that was the was the gap in the CEO was that affecting it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the CEO is an important link at any football club. He is. I mean, Steve Cavs an important link at ours. You know, mm. uh, between the chairman and the and the manager and the staff. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't. You know, I don't know the the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes at the moment. I mean, obviously, it's just been a tough tough period for a football club. Um, but I think there definitely needs to be a, a plan in place to to get the club back on its feet and, and move in the right direction, but do it sensibly, you know. Uh, and I don't think it, it's done that over the last few years. Well, it hasn't because you know results proofs in the pudding of where the club's been heading. It's been spiraling out, you know, it's been spiraling downwards for a while now. So I think it needs to regroup, and I think it needs a proper plan and a structure in place and a sensible one to to move the club back forward and. I know football, you know, there's pipe dreams and people look and go, oh, and, you know, my time, so everyone's looking at a championship, looking at a championship, but you've got to, you've got to do it sensibly and you've got to try and get there properly. You, 
you can't you can't get there quickly uh, and expect to stay there. Um, you've got to have so many things in place behind the scenes, um, and you know the championship now it's, it's such a big league financially as well, and it's so difficult to compete. And over no like at Millwall, we're a small club, but the the investment that we've made behind the scenes to get things in place to give us that. Um, you know, to give us that uh, stability to move us forward then on the playing side is huge. And I just think Southend need to go back to square one and, and really start doing it in small steps. And don't just think, you know, if they go down to League Two, don't just think you're going to bounce straight back up. So it's not as easy as that, even though you're a big club in League Two. For me, it's now looking after the long term of the football club and move it in the right direction. But, you know, do it do it sensibly. Don't, don't put the club uh, um, or make it. You know, it's just been a it's been a mess, hasn't it, for a while? Which is yeah. what we don't want to see. None of us want to see it. And you know, I want to, we want to see Southend moving forward, and because it's got so much potential, it really has got so much potential. Uh, and we've been part of it. You've been part of it. Supporters, I've been part of it. When you see it, when it does take off, and it and it's it's a great place to be. And uh, I just hope, and I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. You know, a lot of good people there. And I'm sure you know it will get turned around, and hopefully it can come through this difficult period and, and start moving upwards again. And Mayer with the corner for South End. Barrett rising at the back, and Barrett refines his scoring form. This season, after um, well, we're not quite sure what happened with Kevin Bond, whether he got sacked or resigned, but. He left in one way or another. We're genuinely not quite sure. We've had so many conflicting reports whether he resigned or whether he was sacked. I don't think anyone's actually sure. Um, you, you, you were interviewed for the job, right? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd spoke. Uh, well, I'd had, I'd had a meeting with Ron, yes, um, uh, this year. Um, so yeah, that was well well documented, and and, and he met me for a chat. Uh, yeah, and that was. <laughs> that was is, is that you, 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 but you never really felt like you were you were going to get it then at, at that stage because it was quite it was so public how he was going after Henrik Larsson at the same time, which was just bizarre. We we won't go into that, but no, I I think at the time Scott, I, I mean Neil Neil had just left Millwall unexpectedly, um, and I'd been given given the reins at Millwall as temporary manager, so. Um, when that all come about, obviously at the time I was Millwall manager, acting as, and you know, forever thankful for them. That, you know, they showed a lot of faith in me. Um, they put me in charge of the three games, and you know, asked me to apply for the Millwall job. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind sort of sort of situation because there was a lot of rumours about the South End job. Um, obviously, I spoke with Ron. But I was, you know, I've just then been given the Millwall manager's role for for three games, and and the, and they've been brilliant. The board and the chairman at Millwall been fantastic, so so supportive. Um, like I said, showed a hell of a lot of trust in me. Been very very complimentary, and even though which was the right decision when Gary Rowett got the job, they were adamant that I stayed at the club. Um, so I can't thank Millwall enough. Like I said, they've been even in completing my pro licence, very, very supportive. and uh, So I can't speak highly enough of them. Uh, the South End thing was there, and I suppose it always will be when there's a job available and the managers see it come up. I've made no secret 
that I want to be a manager one day. I feel I'm going to be a manager. Um, I've had three great years as first-team coach at Millwall. You know, close to being in the playoffs one year. We, you know, we managed to stay up last year. Again, we're challenging for the playoffs this year. Learned so much off of another manager now. So I've learned off two different managers. One, Gary Rout, now really experienced, which has been great for me. So I'm in a really good place. I'm in a, a good club and I'm, you know, I'm in a good stage of, of my next career um, and thoroughly enjoying what I'm doing. So um, if the South End thing comes up and, and the club want, want me, and then obviously I'd sit down and talk about it. But um, that's as far as it got, really. It's never never come to that. Um, like I said, I had, a, I had a chat with Ron and that was it. And, uh, but nothing, nothing more of it. No, well, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it was it was weird all that all that situation. I'm not I'm not entirely sure he, he knew himself what he what he wanted for for quite a long time. It was it was baffling to be a part of. That. I, I think the club, like I said before, I mean even last year it was on a downward spiral for you know the second half of last season and then this season it's it's been a you know worst home record in the club's history last year. Um, then going into this season, I mean, it's been, you know, it's, it hasn't been great. You know, the performances, the results tell you that. Uh, and there's no hiding place. So I think, you know, the chairman's working extremely hard to try and what he feels is, is get the right people in to move the club forward. And, you know, it's not an easy, not an easy job. And, um, you know, he's appointing, bought in Seoul and, and, and thinks that, you know, Sol's the right man to lead the club forward and hopefully he can do. You know, as all South End people, we hope that the club can can turn around and really start to, to move forward. Uh, whether that, you know, has got my name in the picture somewhere down the line in the future, who knows? You know, you never know in football. Um, but like I said, at the moment, I'm really enjoying where I'm at and what I'm doing um, and, and learning all the time, which is which has been great for myself. Bring it, bring it back a little bit. How's um, how's Leonard settled into Millwall? Because did you have a part to play in that? Or, um, well, I was, I was obviously um, highly recommended him, and um, yeah, he, he settled in, started really well, and then had a little bit of a dip, and then he's been a little bit stop-start with injury. Obviously, the new managers come in, so the new manager hasn't seen much of him. Um, he got injured in the game I took at Leeds. Um, He's had a couple of little niggly injuries. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Settled in. Like the lads will like him, and he's, you know, he's a good pro. Um, so he's, he's just gonna. He's got to come back and fight for his place. Um, whereas he might have been an automatic under Neil, under Gary. Now he's gonna have to. He'll play games for us because he's versatile. Yeah. Is he? Um, but but no, it'd be fine. He'd be an important member for us member of the squad but no he's, he's just got to get over his injuries this this break's actually done him a favour yeah I got him back up to, to fitness with the rest of the lads uh, but no he's a good lad Len he'll, he'll be fine corner from Gower to deep one again and Barron's got the winner surely we got back back to work last week just individual sessions that was quite good uh, and then we're cranking it up this week um, so we're in tomorrow Wednesday Friday, Saturday, and hoping group group training starts on Monday. So, um, you are you expecting the season to carry on? Then I take it. Or? Uh, 
yeah, at the moment we are. Um, we're all sort of. I, I, th I think it will. I mean, all the everything we're hearing from our end is positive. Um, I think the testing's got to be in place, which it will be. I think we're going to get tested twice a week, and um, like there's so many regulation rules and everything we've got to tick the box with. But I think by the looks of it. Um, we're sort of aiming for that. We're just waiting on the Premier League, really. They're, they seem to be the ones that are dragging their feet a little bit because everyone's got their own agenda. Mm. Yeah, like, one's in relegation. I mean, it's like Brighton. We've heard all sorts of stories coming out of Brighton. You know, um, another one's been contracted. and But it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah. It seems to be, depending what they... If they go with points per game, I think... Bournemouth, Villa and Norwich go down. But then yeah. I think if they go with weighted points per game, Bournemouth stay up and West Ham go down. So yeah, I don't know, by like 0 0.14 of a point, it's dark. Think, so they they yeah, can't it, let it come to that. No, I think it's very difficult. It's like, it's like, like Cholton have just dropped in a relegation zone and they're saying it, it could be them that go. And like Lee Bowie said, out the whole season they've dropped into the relegation zone for one weekend and then the yes. coronavirus. So it's like, surely we've got the right to get ourselves out of it with nine games to go. I mean, how can you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, it's it's I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. That's the issue with it. No. This no, is just, it, isn't it? There's so I many think, opinions. I just hope we can get back. Uh, I think for, let's sort of keep talking about the integrity of it and the game. And so it'd just be nice if we can finish the, finish the, I mean, the Germans are up and running uh, over the weekend and, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be not how we all know it, but we can get games played. The testing's in place. It's probably a safer, you know, you're safer there than going Tesco's. You're safer the way yeah. we do, you know, social distancing and everything's being cleaned all the time and disinfected. And so I don't know. I don't know. Fingers crossed anyway, we'll see. But it looks like, it, I mean, from our point of view, I'm, I'm quite positive and think that this, this is going to get finished. Uh, I'm not sure about League One. League Two, obviously, no. League One, I think, will get scrapped. Uh, mm. And then we just... But then, who knows what they're going to do with promotion and... Yeah, this is, this is what I was going to say. How do you reckon it's going to happen with the promotion and relegations? I don't know. I really... There's so many different theories. Like I said, points per game. Are they just going to shut it off the way it is? Or are they going to scrap relegation? You know, there's... I don't know. I really don't know. Like, Can't scrap relegation. E even as somebody that would suffer from it, we, we we have to go down. We can't stay up on a technicality like that. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, I, I think, it's, uh, you know, if they're going to keep the league, the integrity and all that, I mean, you've got to have a relegation, you've got to have promotion, um, however they go about that. And problem is, no matter what you do, it's never going to be fair, is it? Someone's going to, yeah, someone's yeah. going to, obviously for South End and, it's difficult, but you're 16 points adrift. How can you, you know, it's 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 a mockery if they stay up. Yeah, no, exactly. We're the opposite to what Charlton are. We've been in the relegation zone all season. Like we have absolutely no right to to stay up. I think we need that far drift as well, Scott. I mean, it's the season's been embarrassing for South End. Everyone knows, but to be that far adrift, 16 points with nine games to play, whatever. I mean, you deserve to go down. It's as simple yeah, as that. Yes, we do. Is this, I mean, like, I'm not even... Yeah, I, I even even as a fan, I can't even try and sugarcoat it and be biased. Like, 
we deserve nothing more than than to go down. But it's just yeah. how they how they do it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've seen Ron we'll come out and said he, he wants the season scrapped, didn't he? So yeah, Ron wants it voided. <laughs> yeah, but in any chairman in in a relegation fight, you had the same with the Premier League yeah. clubs, the Championship clubs, League One, League Two. Like the Stephen who's chairman's come out. Of course, they want it voided because they don't want to go down. So they're only mm. that, that's that's the problem. Everyone, not the problem, but everyone's got their own agenda and they're all looking yeah. out for their own. Their, like from our point of view. I want the season back going because we might never have a better opportunity to get in the Premier League. Yeah. So for a club like us, we're two points off. When this hit, I was looking at us, we were a form team thinking we, yeah, we're well. one of these spots. Um, so for a club like us, our chairman's going, well, financially, you know, the club might never, ever get in this situation again or as good a chance as this. So mm. everyone's looking after themselves, aren't they? That's, that's the... I think yeah. if it had happened sort of earlier in the year, or later last year it would have been, but earlier in the season, because I think the reason panic stations have started to hit a little bit now is because expiring contracts like come into it. And yeah. it's just if things start to get after that date of when contracts expire, it's a whole different mess then. So they need to get it done as quickly as possible, but that doesn't mean doing it when it's still not safe. It needs to be as soon as possible, but it needs to be as safe as possible. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's a difficult one with the contracts. Um, and, you know, it's a hard one for the, for clubs, but I agree with you. You can't, you can't keep prolonging it, prolonging it, prolonging it. Mm. It's got to be some sort of resolution somewhere along the line. I mean, it's even, even us. I mean, we've been working hard behind the scenes. Got the, you know, the lads have been doing their fitness session. But you can't keep doing that without a goal to hit. You know, when when do you play? So then, what are you doing with players? Are you just you just you know beasting them the whole way through because it's like a pre-season. But how long does that last? How? And then like, it might end up getting cancelled, and it was all for nothing. Yeah, you yeah. either got to at some stage go right. It's done. Season's finished. We scrap it, like France and the Netherlands and other nations. Or we go no, we're going to go to the Germany approach. It's going to be a risk. We know there's uh, an element of risk to it, um, but eventually I think there's got to be some sort of date in mind where you go, right, OK, that's what we're looking to do and that's when we're coming back. It's gone in! Touched on by Adam Barrett! And Adam Barrett, from the back, gets his eighth league goal of the campaign! Would you believe that? Obviously, you want to be a manager in the future. Um, yeah. <coughs> Are you open to almost not anything, but could it almost be completely up north? But if you felt like it was the right opportunity, would you be up? Would you take it? Um, yes, yeah. At the moment, like I said, I, I'm in a really good job, a good club, and working for you know an experienced championship manager, which is great for me and great for my learning at the moment. There will be a stage at some point um, that I want to manage. Um, but no, it won't be. I'm just going to take anything, and um, for me, it's got to be the right one. Um, obviously, you can't be too picky because it, it will be your first one where you, you jump into and, and take it. But I've got to make sure it's right for me because, um, like I said, I don't want to jump in somewhere and it's totally wrong and all over the place, and then you, you kill yourself before you've even started. So, uh, no, I'll, I'll make sure that when I do do it or the opportunity comes comes along that it's hopefully it's it's one which I'm not 
having to take and I, I've got a choice on it. I mean, at the moment, I'm lucky because I'm in a good job. But, um, yeah, we see you just don't know in football. <laughs> it's so hard to say because you just... Yeah, from, I, think there's so many, I think there's so many crazy chairmen out there. You've really got to pick and choose nowadays, haven't you? So. It's hard. It's hard. But then to, to get your break and to sometimes you have to take something you might and then you've got to believe in that you've you know you've got enough about you to to turn it round. Um, but yeah, at the moment, obviously, like I said, I'm really really enjoying what I'm doing, and and I'm sure somewhere down the future, then the right opportunity will will come up, and hopefully, I'll, I'll be in a good position to take it. Yeah. Well, well, the um, it looks like finally the new stadium's been approved and might start. So maybe it'll be in a few years. Maybe your first game might be at the new route still, shall we say? Yeah, well, maybe. Well, I was hoping to have played there as a player. <laughs> I think back in 2006, I was hoping to get my first game in 2008 there. But, um, yeah, who knows? You know, you know. How, how many see. players have been promised games in that stage? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Two spells. This... <laughs> <laughs> oh, is Adam Barrett, a Southend United fan. He used to go and watch them as a child. Adam Barrett! Thump! Bang! Cheers, Ad. Really, really appreciate you doing that. Best of luck with everything. Hope, hope things get up and running for you pretty soon again at Millwall. Yeah, hope you... Um... Yeah, and you know, stay safe. Take care. Like the old man for us, Scott. Yeah, we'll do, mate. I'll speak to him. Yeah, no problem. Take care, Chad. Hope you get in them playoffs. All the best, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later. Now Duncan Jupp, the former Wimbledon man, into the attack. Headed goal by Barrett against his former side. He's played brilliantly all evening and he gets the goal that he deserves. Southend back on terms. Bristol Rovers won, Southend won. Captain, leader, legend, Adam Barrett. I can't believe that's not been made into a banner. No, it was, wasn't it? I thought was, it not, was it not one Adam Barrett? Did it say? No, I don't know. I think we've lost. I think we lost it. Maybe, I'm not sure. I think it might have got taken to an away game and someone forgot it. Not 100% sure. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen that flag for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, but, um, what a, what a legend. It does, get, it does get banded about loosely, that term in, in football, but that, he is a South End legend. Yeah. Yeah. Three promotions. And two different spells. Two different spells. And captained us. There's still everything about it. it was one, one thing we didn't even mention, to be fair. I actually wanted to bring it up just as a little, I guess, what did it feel like moment was when he scored against Cole Ewan, the 3 newer. Oh, yeah. In that, in that, the first League One season, or the season back in League One. Obviously, when we when we spanked him 3 0. Just just because, obviously, he got a bit of stick from him, didn't he? You know, back in the day. And, well, it was because he had that one where that yeah, sand pit of a pitch. Absolute joke that was, but yeah, but honestly, just just what a bloke. I mean, if, I'm not a footballer, I'm shite, but if I was, I'd run for a bit more to the bloke. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. it's weird, isn't it? You could just hear these people speak for an hour, two hours, whatever it may be, and they. In these in this period where there's no live football, like right now, we've we've just finished talking to him. I'm buzzing for a game of football. Yeah, yeah. I'd love, I mean. I'd love nothing more than a game of football right now. Yeah. Because I've spoken to someone that is just football through and through and through. Yeah. No, the, the cliche: eat, sleep, breathe football. That that is him down to a T. 
yeah. and yeah, same as you, I'd I'd I'd, I'd like walk on glass for him to throw a yeah. different cliche in there to you. And and, and whilst I'm sat here, I said it before, like, I can't see him not managing us at least at some point in the future. I'd be absolutely gutted if I ever see him on the touchline. He's on the and he's in there way dug up. Like not not as a coach, a bit different. But if he goes into management and it's not with mm. us, and it's in the same league, it would just be horrible to see. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. He spoke about it then, didn't he? And <clears throat> it was a bit. I guess. I guess he never really. Yeah. He he didn't really feel he was ever going to get the job, really. Or yeah, he just he just had a joke. It, it sounded like it wasn't a, a you know an interview as such. It was yeah. Just a it's chat. just about a conversation or yeah, had a chat. So yeah, maybe he thought you know not at the moment. You know, go go somewhere else. Maybe that's what Ron's thinking. You know, if you go somewhere else and. But, but at the same that's time. a big risk you could lose him because say for example he goes in somewhere else and does what Gareth Ainsworth done yeah. or, or what the Curleys did they they started small yeah look at them now they've stormed it yeah so so there's that risk attached to it as well if you do want him one day well he's not going to wait forever no I don't blame him either yeah, he's no not right. at all not at all he's, he's made it very clear he wants to do it he's gone and got the the highest license there is to do it. Yeah, he's got his, he's got his pro license. Really enjoying himself at Millwall, which is which is great. It's, it, it sounds like yeah, you because know, they are, you know, whatever you think about them, they are sort of like a proper club. If you know what I mean, mm. like you do see them as like that's a proper club, you know, with the fans behind them and that. And you know, I think he's just it's, it's almost like it's a bit of him. If you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got the back, backing of the ball, and they they seem like they're good. The infrastructure. Well, it's good. local as well, isn't it? He's not not got to go very far. There's probably. Almost a home from home feel for it because there's a lot of yeah. ex South End staff and players have have passed through Millwall as well yeah. over the over the last few years. Yeah, we. I mean, and no, yeah, you know, if if it comes back that yeah, he was saying you know they could push a playoffs, they're going one way and we're going the pole opposite. Yeah, so. you could quite easily have next season South End will be in League Two, Millwall could be in the Premier League, could yeah. be in the Premier League. Yeah, so I mean. It, it, yeah, it might have ended. You know, it was a it was a bitter ending, but I mean, he he's certainly doing well now himself. You know, so um, it, it's good to see, really, and it's, it's it's just good to see the like I said, the passion he has for football and obviously out yeah. as well. Yeah, no, I, I think he's brilliant. Oh, yeah. We could have we could have chatted for ages, but well, we did chat for ages. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it anyway. So I absolutely loved it. I absolutely love talking to him. So. Yeah, that'll be why I'll be, I'll be very vain and I'll listen to that one for, for over and over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, hope you all enjoy it. Hopefully we can get another um, another few lined up soon. We're under pressure for- now. Well, we've got, we got to keep lining the guests up. Yeah. We need like, we'll get we need, like, like one a week. We'll get Ron Martin. Yeah, we'll, we'll get <laughs> We're not talk sport. He won't talk to us. Good point. Yeah, I'm not Jim White, so. Thanks, Mark. keep keep listening keep subscribing leave a review all that jazz if you've done all that see you later bad luck The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. 
However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.